0: I like it when the cup runs over and the saucer gets a little. Amen? Jude, beginning in verse number 1, if you'll stand with me as we read the Scripture tonight. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are scattered... or I'm sorry, to them that are sanctified. I was saying the book of James, them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith. If you have a pencil, you ought to write beside that the word fundamentalist because that's the definition for a fundamentalist. That's one who earnestly contends for not faith, not a faith, but the faith. The faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness or a selfish greed or a selfish gain and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless with power. I pray that Holy Spirit of God, you would speak through me tonight, and Lord, that we would receive the preaching of the Word of God. Dear Lord, we need a new generation of young men and young ladies who will decide, I'm going to stand on and I'm going to stand for the Word of God. I pray that decisions would be made tonight that would last a lifetime. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, that you may be seated. My father was an old-time Baptist preacher of the gospel. He grew up and built a church in the Appalachian Mountains about 120 miles from here. My father had a simple but very profound faith in the Word of God. He believed this book that I hold in my hands. He believed it from cover to cover. He believed it without any hesitation, any reservation, or any doubt. If uh, you did not believe this book as he did, uh, you didn't have much ground for fellowship because he believed uh, that the Bible was the Word of God. One of the wise things about my father was that he wanted to learn more. He wanted to learn more about the Word of God and he wanted to learn more about reaching people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had a passion to see people saved, to see men and women come to Christ, to reach children, uh, to reach young people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Because of that, uh, or, or he, uh, before that, he was a pastor. Uh, he had a pastor, Brother Clyde Jones, who was certainly... "...and truly a fundamentalist in every sense of the word." Now, Brother Jones was my pastor from uh, just a little fellow through about the age of six or seven, and uh, he was a very stern, serious preacher. And uh, I was saved at the church there where he was a pastor uh, as a five-year-old boy. Uh, My father sat and took notes of every sermon uh, that he preached. He was a Bible preacher. He wasn't a philosophy preacher. He wasn't a chicken soup for the soul storyteller. He was a Bible preacher. After my father then started a church and became a pastor, my dad would go to conferences around the country to hear men of God preach. He wanted to learn more. He wanted to be able to accomplish more for the Lord Jesus. My dad never took me to a college or professional sporting event of any kind. He didn't have anything against them. He probably just couldn't afford them uh, or didn't want to, but he did take me around the country to hear the old-time preachers of that day. My dad took me from Texas to the Carolinas, from Florida to Chicago to hear the fundamental preachers of that day. And buddy, let me tell you, I liked them. I liked them because they were on fire. I liked them because they didn't back up, they didn't back down, they didn't apologize. I mean, when they preached, bless God, uh, you knew they believed exactly what they preached and you didn't want to question them, they'd fight over what they believed. Uh, Those were the old time fundamental preachers. They were making a great difference for Christ in their towns and cities around the country. My first airplane ride was with Lester Roloff. First time I ever was in an airplane flying was with Lester Roloff. I tell folks who got saved when I was five, I got the assurance of my salvation uh, the day that I flew with Lester Roloff. And uh, but you talk about an old-time fundamentalist. Brother Roloff was a preaching machine. Uh, he'd preach a while and sing a while. You didn't know if he was singing and preaching or preaching and singing, but boy, he had the power of God on his life and was doing a great and did a wonderful work for God. He was an old-time fundamentalist. I heard men like uh, Dr. Howes and uh, Tom Malone and Lee Robertson and R.B.R. Uh, R. R. Lakin and, and Joe Boyd and Curtis Hudson and John Rice. In fact, several of those men, uh, all of these men I mentioned, are now in heaven. And, and the truth is I miss these men. I miss them uh, very much. And I think of these men so very often. Uh, I've often said to my students at college, I said, how many of you would like to sit down and spend two hours with Tom Malone or Jack Howes or one of these men? And certainly we all would. And then I say, have you read their books? You need to keep reading the books of the old men. You see, fundamentalism doesn't change. People change and cultures change, but the truth never changes. And so you can keep reading the Apostle Paul was an old time fundamentalist. You can read about the Apostle Paul. Several of those men preached right here uh, in this pulpit. I believe uh, Brother Hiles preached uh, 21 sermons uh, here at this church, some over in the gym before this building was built. And uh, in this building, in fact, uh, we were having church in the gymnasium, and uh, he and I sat. Uh, just across the road here in a car, and uh, he, uh, on a, just a piece of paper, he sketched out uh, this building, and he drew it, and uh, I built it. I told him, I said, you draw it, I'll build it, you pay for it, no, I have church in it. Uh, but anyway, he said, I drew, I drew it, and that's all I'm doing, and uh, but he did. Tom Malone preached behind this pulpit three different times, Dr. Lee Robertson preached behind this pulpit at least a half a dozen times. Dr. Joe Boyd preached over in the old building uh, 10 or 12 times. And I've had the privilege to preach for and with some of these men that I call the old-time fundamentalists. As a young man, I recognized that these men uh, were special. They had something special about them. And I believe what it was, these men... Had the power of God on their lives. I mean, they they were ordinary men, and that uh, where they came from. In fact, uh, some of them came from unlikely places to become a fundamental leader, become a pastor. But they had the power of God uh, on their life. About the age of fourteen or fifteen, God began to do a work in my heart. A fire started burning about doing something for God, and I decided. I said, I want to be like these men. I want to be like these men. I I wanted their fire. I wanted their passion. I wanted their zeal. I wanted their work. I wanted their fight. I wanted their character. I wanted their love for God. I saw these men and their foundation or their fundamentals of what they believed. And so I made a decision that I was going to be a fundamentalist like they were. Yep. I made a decision. I said, that's what kind of preacher I'm going to be right there. That's what kind... Of... I'm going to be a fundamentalist. I'm going to be a preacher like those men are. What distinguished them as a fundamentalist? What made them a fundamentalist? What set them apart from the host of preachers? And I'm not being critical. I'm just saying these men uh, were my heroes. And by the way, I, I believe in heroes. Uh, we've sort of changed that. Our culture today has idols. I don't believe in idols. Uh, we, we don't need American idols. We need old-time American heroes. Not much American about the idols anyway, but we need heroes, men of character, uh, men of work, uh, men uh, that make a difference for truth and right, not that sing music or dance, that bring more destruction to the country that we have. Jude says, I gave all diligence, think of those words, to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful. Jude said it wasn't an option, it was a necessity. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you. Now, the word exhort means to encourage with force. I mean, it means to to motivate. He said it was necessary that I write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Why? For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. He said, we need some men who will be contenders for the faith. We have those that are trying to water down the gospel. We have those that are trying to change the gospel. We have those that are trying to uh, turn the grace of God into a lasciviousness, a greedful, selfish business. And we need some men, Jude wrote and said, we need some men that will earnestly contend for the faith. These men I've talked about, they were contenders of the faith. They took the challenge of the generation before them and the generation before them back to the days of the very Word of God to be contenders of the faith against those that would creep in and turn the grace of God into uh, lasciviousness. These men were fundamentalists. They were contenders for the faith. First of all, they believed that the Bible was the final authority. What God said is what God meant. And they decided it does not matter what men say. It does not matter what universities say. It does not matter what colleges say. What matters is what thus saith the Lord. And we are going to let the Bible be the final authority for all matters of life. They were not loyal to institutions. They were loyal to Bible principles. In fact, most of the men i talked about, got kicked out of their institutions. I've heard them tell the stories. I heard Brother Howells tell the story of when Brother Roloff called him that morning. He said, well, Brother Jack, welcome to the fraternity of the free. They kicked him out. You know why? He was not loyal to an institution. He was loyal to the principles of this book. These men were not for sale. These men were willing to fight and die for the truths that were contained in the Bible. One bumper sticker said, the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Those men weren't like that. They believed that the Bible uh, says it, and that settles it. Whether you believe it or not, it is settled forever in the Word of God. Then, second of all, they believed in soul winning. They believed that they were to propagate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had a passion for souls. The bus ministry was not a token ministry. And they didn't just run a few buses so they could say they had a bus ministry. They ran every bus they could afford to buy, and every bus they could afford to operate, and every bus that they could get the workers for. And they went on every street, and every corner, and every place Everywhere, running buses. Why? Because they had a passion for souls. They had a passion to get people saved. They wanted to see the gospel preached. They encouraged and challenged others to win souls for Christ. And I saw their churches. And when I went to their churches and their ministries, they were filled and they were exciting and they were people that were being saved. There was a beehive of activity. And when you went to their church, you had to just about fight to get a good seat. Sometimes once I got a seat, I had to go to the altar and get right and then go back and enjoy the service. You know why? Because they had a passion for souls. Hey, and they weren't after just the upper class. They were after every class. And they would let no class tell them that they couldn't reach the lower class. They had a passion for souls. They believed in soul winning. They were separatists. They believed in living godly and holy lives. They were separatists in their personal lives. They preached it. They practiced it. It it, it took place in their families. I'm talking about they practiced and preached that men ought to look like men and act like men and walk like men and dress like men and be the man that God made them to be. I heard them preach it. I believe it. I still believe it tonight. I still believe. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to get too close to a guy uh, that that, doesn't walk like a man. Uh, That's not my crowd. Uh, That's not, that's not my crowd. Uh, I still believe it. They preached, and I still believe it. They they preached that ladies ought to dress like ladies, and act like ladies, and walk and talk like ladies, not not dress like a Jezebel. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Walmart is going to not, Walmart's not going to tell me to dress my girls like Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus. Uh, not going to uh, have me to dress my girls like they're for sale. I believe in being an old time separatist, and I learned that from those men. They preached how that our dress distinguishes us or marks us or separates us apart from the appearance of the world. I agreed with it then. I agree with it tonight. You say, but preacher, this is 2010. Yes, and this is the Bible, and it has not changed. We're supposed to be different from the world. I'm concerned about this sir I'm concerned about it in our Christian schools. I see Christian schools today coming to play basketball and volleyball games, and you can't tell any difference in them than in the public schools. They come with their boggins pulled over their head and their iPods stuck in their ear, walking like chickens in the backyard, uh, strutting around. Hey, they ain't listening to gospel music. It's shame. It's shame. We, uh, uh, the, the old-time fundamentalists I heard and followed, they were separatists. They were separatists when it came to Bible doctrines. They believed there was one way to be saved, and that was through uh, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They believed and they preached the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and the doctrine of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus was not uh, just a, a prophet and not just a good person, but that Jesus was God in the flesh. I saw that the fundamentalists were fighters for the faith, not compromisers, fighters, not turncoats, but fighters, not sissies, but soldiers. And I decided I want to do the same thing for my family, the same thing for my generation that they did for theirs. They earnestly contended for the faith that was once delivered, and I determined that's what I wanted to do for my generation: was a contender of the faith, an old-time fundamentalist. You say, well, you're just following men. Hey, in every case in the Bible where truth like this is given, you'll notice that there is a reference to the men that preached it in the manner in which that truth was given. Right, right. Truth is, I've had folks say, well, you're just following a man. So are you. You hear, you, you, you hear children talk, then you hear their parents talk and they... Talk like their parents. They have the mannerisms, the expressions of those that are around. The music you and I listen to, we learned it from somebody, whether it's good or bad, we learned it from somebody. You're not musicians. You didn't write your own music. You sing somebody else's song. You know that's true. Don't give me that thing where you're just following a man. Well, at least I'm following a man that's on the right path. I'm following a man that's contending for the faith. I'm following a man that's contending for the truth. And Jude wrote, and he said, it is necessary, it is needful, it is not an option, it's necessary that I would exhort you that you'd earnestly contend for the faith. The dress standards you hold, you learned them from somebody. Were they good or bad, you learned them from somebody. The vocabulary you use, you learn them from someone, whether they're good or bad. The goals and the dreams in life that you have, you learn them from someone, whether they be good or bad. And we must understand that we need those today who will hold the standard of the Word of God high so that others may follow those truths. Take your Bibles and go to the book of 2 Timothy. We need some air on in here. Brother Dunn, it seems like it's... Uh, Are you all hot in the, auditor- in the uh, balcony? All right, fix that air. And we're looking for a mother for the nursery as well. All right, we'll take care of that. Um, Brother Dunn will get us now. Don't get it too cold in here. How many of you are warm tonight? How many of you are hot because of the temperature? How many of you are hot because you're under conviction? Either way, we'll get a little air on here. 2 Timothy 1.13, here's what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.13, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul's not saying I'm the author of those words. He said those are the words of Christ, those are the words that you heard me preach, and those are the words that I want you to follow. Go to Second Timothy 2.2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Notice the importance of the individual preaching and teaching the truth. Take your Bibles and go to chapter 3 now. 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's important that we have someone to follow. I made a decision I was going to be a fundamentalist because of the men that I saw like my father and others that decided they were going to be contenders for the faith and that's what a fundamentalist is. And I said, that's what I want to be for my generation. 2 Timothy 3.10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Go to verse number 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Go to the book of Titus. Just a couple of pages over there. Titus chapter 1. Notice what the Bible says right here in verse number 9. Titus chapter 1 in verse number 9. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped Who subvert whole houses teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. He said what we need are those that are willing to teach sound doctrine. Those that will preach sound doctrine. Those that will earnestly contend for the faith. I'm telling you tonight, we need some more fundamentalists. We need some young ladies who will determine in my house, we're going to believe the Word of God and stand on the fundamentals of the faith. We need some men that will say, I'm going to be a fundamentalist. I'm going to believe and preach and practice what the Word of God says I decided I was going to be a contender for the faith I wanted to be an old time fundamentalist who was a champion for the faith who was a fighter for the faith I heard Lester Roloff saying run if you want to run if you will but I came here to stay he wasn't kidding they said you'll take a license or you'll go to jail he said I'm not taking a license he went to jail no no, no preacher Ever did any more for the broken and, and, and those that had been near ruined by the drugs and the alcohol that Les Roloff did. But I'm going to tell you something when he took a stand, he took a stand to stay. I heard Dr. Howells tell the story of how after a few months of soul winning and being the pastor at First Baptist Church, how the wealthy men in this church came and told him that he would have to choose between them and their money uh, and or the poor bus kids. They said, we don't want those bus kids, and you're going to have to choose between us and our money or the bus kids. I heard him tell the story of how he went to a street in Chicago and he began to pray and he prayed all night. And the next morning he said as a crowd had gathered, he stood and he made his declaration, I'll take the bus, kids! Hey, I'm going to tell you something. They just picked out a spot and they stood and stayed there. I heard John Rice take a stand for the fundamentals of the faith. I watched as my father went into a town and built a church that uh, uh, that did not want an old-time fiery preacher of the Word of God. They didn't like a preacher that preached against their bootleg business and their nightclub Christianity and their watered-down social gospel. But he didn't go to town to take a survey. He went to preach the truth of the Word of God and win souls. Paul summed up his life by saying, I fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. And so I made a decision. I said, I'm going to decide to be a fundamentalist. I believe the Bible like they do. I believe that book. I believe it from cover to cover. I even believe the cover. I believe that part right there where it says genuine cowhide leather. I believe that. I believe that book. And I've decided that I'm going to earnestly contend for the faith not to be bought off, not to sell out, but to fight for my generation to deliver the truth that was once delivered to me. I pray that tonight and this week we'll have some young men to get a fire inside their soul and just simply make a decision and say, that's where I stand. Let me ask you a question. Who's going to deliver the truth to your generation? Who's going to deliver the truth to your children? Who's going to deliver the truth in your town? Who's going to stand for truth and right in your town? We today have those uh, uh, that are creeping into our schools, in our churches, in our nation, trying to destroy the foundation. And we must have uh, some young people who become fundamentalists or contenders for the faith and fighters for the faith. If we don't, friend, we're going to lose our homes, we're going to lose our churches, we're going to lose our nation. America wasn't founded as a socialist country or as a Marxist country. America was founded as a republic. It was founded on the principles of Christianity. There are those that want to water down the Word of God to be nothing more than a good translation. There must be some fundamentalists that will stand and contend for the Word. I have a sermon on my desk at home right now. Curtis Hudson, nineteen seventy six, The Inspiration of the Scriptures and the title of the entire album of the six sermons on six reasons why I'm a fundamentalist, and one of them was, I believe, the inspiration of the scriptures. There are those that want to change that and water that down. There are those that have crept in today working to tear down the standards of godliness and holiness and standards of dress and decency. There are those today in your generation. I'm going to tell you something. You fight battles in your generation. I didn't fight in mine. I didn't fight when I was a teenager. There are battles that I had as a teenager that the men before me did not have. I wouldn't tell you what. The devil's out to get you. He's out to destroy you. He'll use a cell phone. He'll use the internet. He'll use all of these things where the devil, he is like an old snake that will slither in to destroy your lives. Hey, we've got to have some young men that will stand up and say, I'm going to keep my life clean and pure. I, I, I'm going to, as a young lady, I'm going to keep myself chaste and clean and pure. I'm not going to sell myself out uh, for the uh, dirty, rotten music. It's a shame the music that young people are listening to today. And I want to tell you something. If you're part of that crowd and you're slipping around listening to that music that's singing about drugs and alcohol, why don't you go back here and talk to my brother before you leave tonight and ask him where that crowd ends up. Ask him about the boy that overdosed on drugs hanging from the tree up there with a the cocaine running out of his nose. You might think Lily White's funny. Go with him to tell a mom and dad your son hung himself because he overdosed on dope. It's not games. The devil doesn't have any cartoons. The devil doesn't have any games. He's out to destroy somebody. And you know what's going on in your generation. Somebody has to stand up and say, look, the devil's trying to get us right there. We've got to stand against that. You don't become a fundamentalist when you're 45 and when you're a pastor. You become a fundamentalist when you're 14 years old and you decide, I believe that book and I'm going to live my life according to the Word of God. You don't become a fundamentalist when you become a pastor. You become a fundamentalist when you decide as a young teenage boy or a teenage girl, I believe that book and in my life I'm going to earnestly contend for that thing." just as they were in the days of Jude as they had crept into the church, as they were trying to ruin the church. The same crowd is working today to try to tear down the foundations of our nation. We have those today that are rewriting our history. And if you're not careful, you'll read a modern day history and not even know that America was founded as a Christian nation. I challenge you tonight, uh, uh, young people, I challenge you to know the history of this country. We need to know where we came from so we can know where to stand. Young people, I want you to listen to what I just said. We need to read history. And, and if, you, if you read the revisionist in the modern day history, you'll think America was founded as a secular nation. It was not. It's founded on the principles of this book. I love the story of Dwight Eisenhower, President uh, attended church on February the 7th, 1954, and he heard a sermon preached by Pastor Dougherty. And the pastor said, you know, America needs to be distinguished. It needs to distinguish itself from other nations because of who we are. And he said this. He said, children in Moscow could recite our Pledge of Allegiance as it is, and it would sound like a pledge to their flag. We need something that distinguishes our pledge and our nation from other nations. He said, what we need to do is say that we're not just one nation, but we are one nation under God. President Eisenhower sat in the church service that day and he said, amen. He went back to the Capitol and went to work. A representative from Michigan he uh, he uh, uh, wrote a uh, proposal or a uh, a bill uh, that they would add under God to the Pledge of Allegiance, and on June 14th, 1954, President Eisenhower signed into law that the Pledge of Allegiance would be changed to add the two words "One Nation Under God." And here's what he said. I want children every morning to distinguish America from communist countries like Russia. And he said further, atheism, the religion of those nations. We're not a secularist nation. We're a nation founded on the principles of the Word of God. If you're going to earnestly contend for the faith, we need to know what the faith is. You need to know the Word of God. You need to know the history of our nation. We need to know that most of the signers of our Declaration of Independence, they had a testimony of faith in in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The testimony of, of President George Washington is an amazing testimony of faith in Christ. Jesus, the blood of Christ, he testified, had washed away his sins because of his faith in Christ. If you're not careful, you'll be told by the modern uh, liberal media of today, hey, uh, the church is supposed to be separate from the state. Let me tell you something. All power is given unto Christ in heaven and in earth. And Christ gave power to the church. He gave power to the state. Now, they have different responsibilities. One is to wield the sword of the Word of God. The other is to wield the sword of judgment. It's not the church's job to do that. There's a distinction, there's a separation between that, but we need to understand where this nation came from. I'm amazed as I travel this country to find out how many people do not know the history of our country and do not know the Christian influence. I heard a preacher say, and and, and he was giving a speech and he said, I just feel so bad to be rebellious, but we need to change. And I told him, and and I said it in a kind respectful manner. I said, we are not the rebels here. America was founded on that book right there. The rebels are those that are trying to take this country and to change this country. We need some men that are willing to stand. I'm going to be a fundamentalist. I'm going to believe what the book says. they are those that would change our churches from soul winning Bus ministry type churches and make them social clubs and nothing more than a fellowship. We need some more fundamentalists that will say, I'm going to build a church like Christ intended for that church to be built. supposed to just reach a certain class of people. We're supposed to reach everybody with the gospel of Christ. There are those that would make fun of the old time preaching. One of the colleges in our nation... Some of the boys got a copy of my preaching, two or three CDs of my preaching. They passed it around, made fun of it. It's the old time preaching, they said. Don't preach like this anymore. Little sissies preached to about 12, 15 people. Give them a little speech. I'm going to tell you something. This country was founded... By, uh, uh, on the fact that there were preachers in the pulpit and the nation was on fire for God because the pulpit was on fire. We need old-time fundamental preaching. I'm a fundamentalist. What does that mean? That means I'm going to earnestly contend for the faith. You need to make a decision tonight. You need to decide, am I going to follow the culture of this world we live in a day where the culture affects the church rather than church affects the culture. Right. We're going to have some young ladies tonight to say, I'm, I'm just I just going to believe the Bible. What the Bible says, that's what I believe. need some young men that will decide, I, I'm going to believe the Bible, and for my generation, I'm going to contend for the faith. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. That's why I'm a fundamentalist. I decided to be one. I decided that I would contend For the faith that was once delivered. I'll fight against those that are creeping in to destroy our churches and destroy our schools and destroy our nation. I'll fight against them. I'm going to earnestly contend for the faith. That's what a fundamentalist is. Just a moment, we're going to stand. They're going to play a verse of imitation song. A lot of folks need to get on their knees and decide what you are tonight. You need to decide, I'm going to contend for the faith. heard a lot of people in the last couple of years say, Well, I just don't want to get involved. Well, I do. I'm a fundamentalist. Amen. Well, I don't know anything about that. Ignorance is no excuse. I'm going to learn about it. I'm a fundamentalist. I'm going to contend for the faith. God, I pray that you would put a fire in the hearts of young men and young ladies tonight that you put in my heart many years ago. And I thank you that that fire burns tonight. Lord, I want to contend for the faith for my generation. I don't want my children to have to read about what God used to do. I don't want them to have to read a book. This is what God did a hundred years ago. I want them to see what God can do today. I want them to be in the church where they see folks get saved and baptized and lives change and miracles take place. That God moves. God, do a work in our hearts. Would you start this meeting off in these three days, Lord? Would you start it off tonight by speaking to our hearts? May there be surrender. May there be a yielding tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? They're going to play the verse of invitation.